powered by Boxing TV, the place where boxing fans, both young and old, can get their fill of the sweet science 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. With a vast library of over 1,200 events from boxing's most notable bouts of all time, Boxing TV melds the past greats with today's promising young stars. Boxing TV is the free, go-to destination for everything boxing, including classic bouts, live events, and news and information. Boxing TV is available on Local Now, Distro TV, Sports.TV, Select TV, and www.watchboxing.tv. Follow Abrams Boxing on social media, Abrams Boxing on Twitter, Abrams Boxing on YouTube, and at Mark Abrams Boxing on Instagram. Hello, boxing fans. Welcome to the next edition of the Abrams Boxing Show. I'm your host, Mark Abrams, and today we'll take a deep look into the comings and goings and what is happening in the world of boxing. I got not one, but two special guests going to join us. Sebastian Fundora, who on April 9th takes on Erickson Lubin in what is going to be a terrific junior middleweight fight that will be on Showtime and also have welterweight contender, definitely call him a contender now, Alexis Rocha, who a couple weeks ago is uh, now coming off a knockout victory over Blair Cobbs, the undefeated Blair Cobbs. Uh, so we will talk to Alexis about the fight and uh, what he's looking forward to do in the future. Just a couple uh, results uh, from past weekend. Pretty good weekend of boxing. We'll start off in England where Josh Warrington recaptured the IBF featherweight title with a seventh-round stoppage over Kiko Martinez. Warrington looked great from his home fans in Leeds, England. Uh, what, what a tremendous crowd, though, uh, at the First District Arena in Leeds. They love their Josh Warrington and uh, – Warrington looked great uh, in this fight, and he will uh, – I don't know what he's going to do next, but I know the, the conventional wisdom, they, they they want him to take on maybe – I know the fans out in England want him to take on Lee Wood in a featherweight unification fight, and that will be a terrific event in England as they're both very popular fighters. Uh, so we will see Josh Warrington maybe against Lee Wood next in a unification bout. On the same card, Ebony Bridges won the IBF Bantamweight Championship over – Maria Cecilia Roman. Uh, Roman was the longtime champion. Uh, she made about uh, five or six defenses of, of her title. And uh, Ebony uh, won the fight, you know, pretty convincingly in my book. I know a couple people I saw online thought it was a close fight, but Ebony uh, threw 640 uh, something punches over the 20 minute uh, time limit. If you calculate that over a 36 minute you know, 12, three-minute rounds. That's almost 1,160 punches for Ebony Bridges. So she uh, had a tremendous work rate going Saturday in Leeds, England, and now there's a lot of options for her, maybe a rematch with Shannon Courtney. Uh, I know uh, her stablemate, uh, Jamie Mitchell, is also world champion. So, you know, so some good options available for Ebony Bridges. Saturday night in Minneapolis, Minnesota, Tim Zhu made his American debut with a 12-round unanimous decision, close unanimous decision over former world title challenger Terrell Gauthier. Scores were 116-111, 115-112, and 114-113. Um, the, the Zhu got dropped in the fight, and he basically, you know, he had to work hard, dig down deep in this American debut. He's... I mean, they, they, I think it was an limit. It was a 12-round fight. I know next week's Fondora uh, Lubin fight is, is an eliminator. We, when we talk with Sebastian, we'll get into that with him. Um, but Tim Zhu looked good. What I got out of that fight is 
I don't know if he's a world champion. I don't know if he beats the you know Jamel Charlo or or Brian Castaño or you know some of the other guys at W uh, at 154 pounds. But I think he's going to be a terrific TV fighter. He's going to be one of those guys when Tim Zhu's on TV, you got to watch because he's he has enough de- defensive deficiencies where I believe that he's going to make good fights. And the, the guy's got got bricks in his hand. I mean, he has really hard and heavy hands and you can tell when he lands punches that they had they cause an effect on his opponent like they did to Terrell Gaucher on Saturday night is one of those rare fights the a lot of love between the two guys they have to fight a lot of respect Tim Zhu seems like a very respectful fight but like I said he's gonna be a I think one of those uh, must-watch TV fighters in the 154 pound division also on the card uh Michelle Rivera remained undefeated as he scored a uh, 10-round unanimous decision over previously undefeated Joseph Adorno, that in the lightweight division. And Elvis Rodriguez uh, rebounded nicely since that loss to Kenneth Sims. He scored a seventh-round stoppage over Juan Jose Velasquez. That was in a super lightweight fight. Uh, Also Saturday night in Las Vegas, uh, Jeremiah Nakatilia, uh, stop the former light uh, junior lightweight world champion Miguel Burchell in six rounds of their ten round fight. That fight was on ESPN on Saturday night. Uh, Nakatilia just really took the fight to Burchell, who we uh, really hasn't recovered since that fight against Oscar Valdez. Uh, could we be seeing the last of Miguel Burchell? I think definitely at, at the high level, he's definitely. Uh, he's definitely on the back end of it. If we ever do see him in main event, co-main event type fights again, but he had nothing left for Nakatilia, who gained a, a big win coming off his disappointing performance against Shakur Stevenson uh, a, a few months back. So uh, Jeremiah Nakatilia now, he's another player in, in the lightweight division. His record is now uh, 24 and two uh, with 19 knockouts. So he's going to make a, a good, uh, opponent uh, for somebody in the lightweight division and he showed he's got some pop he just couldn't find Stevenson that fight I mean Stevenson does that to people and we're going to find a lot more out about Shakur Stevenson later this month on April 30th so we'll bring in our first guest uh, earlier this week I had a chance to talk to the uh, the super middleweight uh, super welterweight contender that being Sebastian Fondor as I as I load up the the video that we uh uh, did with him on, uh, on, on earlier this week. So here's my uh, interview with the undefeated super welterweight contender, Sebastian Fundora. Yeah. On Saturday night, April 9th, one of the best fights uh, for my money on the schedule. A fight, it's, it's pretty mouthwatering to, to a lot of boxing fans. Sebastian Fundora taking on taking on Erickson Lubin in just, like I said, one of the best fights on the schedule. Sebastian, how you doing? Great. How are you? How are you? Doing good. Doing good. So uh, we got this big fight coming up in, in on April the 9th against Erickson Lubin. Uh, what are your thoughts about uh, eight, nine days out? Yeah, I'm just ready. We're ready for the fight. We've been ready for this past month. Uh, I've been itching to fight again, so just excited. You got uh, to tell us, uh, Erickson Lubin, do you see this fight? Um, your million punches per round against his his power punching is that the way you look at it? Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a it's an exciting fight. It's as exciting as the fans are saying. So uh, 
tune in April 9th and then you'll get the show you want. And then uh, obviously there's a lot of stuff going on the 154 pound division, especially on uh, with PBC. Uh, again, it was a formally announced day with a press uh, release with Charlo and Castaño and Tim Zhu last week. Uh, a big performance on uh, April 9th. Do you see this? Uh, you're going to be fighting some, some pretty much uh, mega fights. I hope so. I hope so. Hopefully we have next after that uh, Charlo Castaño fight. Is this it? This, will, this is the will be the number one for WBC, and that's the mandatory right there. So, what do you see in Erickson Lubin uh, right now? Do you see as as the same fighter before the knockout, Charlo? Is he a different fighter? Do, 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 what do you see in Erickson Lubin? I, I would imagine he's different now. I think I would imagine he learned from that fight, and uh, I hope he brings the best Lubin to bring. You feel obviously because of your height and the amount of punches you throw that, you know, f- fighters can't assimilate you for sparring. And, you know, it's it just, when they see, get in the ring with you, uh, they're seeing some kind of animal that they haven't seen before. Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, I just fight the way I fight. I don't really care what other people think. Uh, the op- opponent across from me. I just want to go in there and do what I do best and, uh, and get the job done. How many times do the, I mean, obviously you have uh, your style where you throw a lot of punches. Is it, is it difficult? Cause I know there probably are times where, you know, you may be told to, you know, stay on the outside, you use, you use your gifts and somehow you're always in these brawls. Yeah. I always think to myself, why not? Especially if I'm stronger than the guy. You can tell when you're stronger than the person. I just, I go over there and I just uh, dog them out. That's what I like to do. I like to go and fight. Obviously, you've built up a, a real good following. I think a lot of it is because of that style. But is this the fight that really maybe is going to take you to the next level? Uh, I know the last fight, obviously, uh, Garcia, he had a real good record. Wasn't that well-known in the United States? Lubin is a guy who's been on the, the big platforms before with a win here uh, on uh, next Saturday night on April 9th. Is this the fight that's going to kind of take you to that that next uh, level? If it does, that's wonderful. If it doesn't, that's fine, too. But uh, we just plan to win. I want that the the... This is the, the last fight before the title. I would hope so. And uh, that's what we're aiming for. We're aiming for a championship in this weight class. You mentioned that. You mentioned before, this is the fight that's going to get you number one. Obviously, you have a real tough customer who's a great amateur, has been knocking himself and knocking on the door of a title shot since his loss to Charlo. Is it tough to not, you know, like I said, you've mentioned getting the title a couple of times in just this interview alone. Is it tough not to uh, think about that, uh, being that you have this difficult fight fight in front of you? No, my mind, my mind's like a racehorse. It keeps straight. I have my um, my goal, and I'm gonna keep running towards my goal until I get to it. Couple last questions. Obviously, a a new player quote on the American scene in the 154 pound division made a debut last week. Tim Zoo, did, did you watch the fight? Cause obviously you guys may meet at some point uh, down the line. I didn't watch a fight. I saw the highlights on Instagram. <laughs> he did his job. He did his job and I'm happy for him. Uh, and, d- debut here in the United States. And then I'm sure he, he captured a lot of fans. And who do you like in the big rematch on May 14th? You have an opinion on that. Who wins that? Yeah. Uh, I have I have Charlo. 
I have Charlo. He's strange. He's too strong for him. And, and did you feel? What did you think of the first fight? That that was a, that was a Sebastian Fondora type of fight with two guys going <laughs> back and forth with each other. Yeah, uh, I just see uh, from the first fight, I just saw that Charlo was too strong, and uh, I think we're, he's going to exploit that the second fight. So. There you have it, Sebastian Fondora. Any final comments before we see you next week? You're fighting in Las Vegas. One other question: Fighting in Las Vegas. I know you you've done it before. What uh, is that 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 bring a little extra out of you being the being the Las Vegas on April 9th? Oh, great. Nah, well, not really. It's not like I'm going to go gamble after the fight. So, <laughs> well, the history nah. and everything with the Las Vegas fights. You know, I got I got it. I yeah. got it. Well, any final thoughts before we let you go and uh, see you in the ring next week? April 9th, tune in. It's going to be the fight the fight of the year, hopefully. So <laughs> just just in, just expect an entertaining fight. It's funny. It's a, lot, a lot of fighters always say it could be a fight of the year. I, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think uh, for lack of a word, there, there's going to be a lot of violence in the ring on April 9th. Do, do you agree with definitely, that? Definitely, definitely. <laughs> there you have it. Sebastian Fondor, thank you for a few minutes of your time. We wish you best luck, and we'll talk to you along the way. Thank you. Thank you. And there you have it, Sebastian Fondora, a gentle giant at six foot seven. He, uh, I mean, it's unbelievable the, the way he fights and being that tall. And he just likes to bang. I mean, he doesn't use his jab. He just likes to go in there and bang. And he's 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 fighting a guy with, with tremendous power, and Erickson Lubin. I mean, Showtime announced their uh, schedule a couple weeks ago, and. You know, obviously, there's a lot of great world title fights. There's a pay-per-view. We'll, you know, get into to Spence and Ugas, and we'll get into Charlo Castaneda, which is going to be on regular showtime. Uh, Romero and Javante um, Davis on pay-per-view on May 28th. Uh, the Charlo guys are both fighting. Uh, you know, we mentioned the Castaneda fight. We mentioned Jamal is going to fight Macy Edge Selecki. And, you know, there's some other great fights on showtime schedule, but I don't think anyone's going to be more entertaining than than the Sebastian Fundora Erickson Lubin fight. So, I mean, I can't wait for that fight April 9th. And, you know, April 9th is, is going to be a terrific night. We, there's a few of these nights come up. I know April 30th, there's going to be a lot, a lot of action with the Stevenson fight and, and Amanda Serrano taking on uh, Katie Taylor. But April 9th, you got uh, Fundora against Lubin. You got Ryan Garcia against To Go. And then you got Michaela Mayer on the, on the ESPN platform taking on Jennifer Hahn. So, you know, uh, this weekend, the first weekend of April, April 2nd, April 3rd, and April 1st on the Friday, obviously, there's really not much going on. I think Sandor Martin is uh, fighting on uh, on Friday, April 1st. That's on the zone, the guy who uh, upset Mikey Garcia. It's his first fight back. So he's coming back. He's back in Spain, you know, taking one for the home, taking one for the home folks. And then he'll be back hopefully in a major fight after that should he win his fight on April 1st. One fight, another international fight that was just announced, will take place on June the 4th in the United States, June the 5th in Australia, as George Cambosis Jr. defends his lightweight titles against Devin Haney. Uh, that fight is going to be shown on the ESPN uh, on an ESPN a late night or actually prime time on June the 4th uh, in, in the morning slash afternoon, June the 5th in Australia in front of over 50,000 people at the Marvel Stadium in Melbourne, Australia. So George Cambosis Jr. Um, will get to uh, defend his world title at home in, in a big fight. They mentioned that they, they wanted to do the fight with uh, – 
with uh, Vasil Lomachenko, but with Loma's inability and obviously he's doing an unbelievable thing, staying in Ukraine to take on the, uh, the Russians and the war and everything going over there. And, you know, Lomachenko's over there. He's obviously he can't get out of uh, Ukraine. So they, the next best option was, or maybe, maybe the first best option is Devin Haney. So we're going to get a, a lot of clarity in the lightweight division come the night of June the 4th here in the United States, June the 5th in all, Australia. Um, so we got a lot, a lot of good stuff coming up uh, in the, this month in April. And each week we will get that. We'll get some of the, the big players, the fighters, the promoters, matchmakers, whoever uh, here on the Abrams Boxing Show. And we'll be breaking down all the fights, get, give our opinions on the fights. You know, next week I'll give my picks. You know, I know a lot, know a lot of people like to put a dollar or two on this. I'll give some picks. Maybe I can help someone out. Win, win, win some money, or more than more than just one, maybe a few of you. Uh, a couple weeks back, uh, my next guest, Alexis Rocha, scored maybe the biggest win of his career when he stopped Blair Cobbs in the seventh round of their fight in Los Angeles. Uh, Fondora, uh, I almost said uh, Sebastian Fondora. Alexis Rocha is a guy who was rolling along undefeated, 16-0. and Met Rashidi Ellis in, in a showdown of undefeated uh, – uh, welterweights, Ellis got by with the decision by uh, 116, 112 twice, and 115, 113. Didn't really set Rocha back at all because he's won three straight over guys now with good quality records, and the latest being against um, against uh, uh, Blair Cobbs, who was 15-0-1, I believe, coming into that fight, and a fight that became the main event of a show on the zone after Virgil Ortiz could not fight uh, due to – uh, get, getting sick. So here's here we have with the uh, once beaten welterweight, now welterweight contender, Alexis Rocha. A couple weeks ago, our next guest scored a humongous win when he took out the then undefeated Blair Cobbs. Welterweight Alexis Rocha join us now. Hey, Alexis, how you doing? Good, man. Good yourself. Thank you for having me. Doing good. We're a couple weeks removed uh, from the, your big stoppage win over Blair Cobbs. Uh, a couple weeks out, uh, how do you feel? Did you go back and reflect on the fight uh, and, you know, look at the fight? What are your thoughts, you know, before, during, and now afterwards? Yeah, definitely had time to reflect after the fight. You know, it's uh, it's the fighter in me. and big, I'm really my biggest critic, really, to see what I do good and what I do bad. But I kind of take the what I do bad more because that's the stuff I need to work on to be the complete package. And, yeah, I definitely read the fight. There's some stuff I do need to work on. I'm back in the gym already trying to fix those fix those little tweaks and here and there. So let's go back before the fight. Uh, yeah. The fight was elevated to the main event after uh, the Virgil Ortiz fight uh, fell yeah. through. And uh, did does that give you any extra motivation, being that it, it became went from co-feature to main event, maybe a couple more eyeballs uh, you know, are on yeah. you then because of that? Yeah, definitely more motivation because I want to go out and shine, you know. Whatever, whatever slot I'm in, if it's the TV opener, the second to last opener, or the first fight of the night, I want to look to shine. But definitely, uh, got to thank Golden Boy and the Zone for elevating me up to the main event for that. More eyes, more attention, and it definitely motivated me more. It's amazing. Also, you you see the social media stuff, and you know you guys had a little uh, some animosity before the fight. Yeah. That seemed to pick up when when that actually happened. When, when it became a main event fight, it seemed that you two got a little bit more testier with each other. Yeah, because uh, he was trying to call out Michael McKenton, who Virgil was supposed to fight, 
and you know like no you're supposed to fight me you know let's just move the co-main event up to the main event and just kind of swip swip positions there and yeah he was trying to call out the main event i told him i, I pretty much went online and said like no that's not how it's gonna go right now you know you, you still have business with me since the, the the fight with the Rashidi Ellis, uh, you, I, I definitely seen that you. I think you're a different fighter. I think you've become uh, maybe a little bit meaner in the ring. Uh, is is that uh, is that a reflection from the Ellis fight? Did, did it kind of give you a little bit extra maybe oomph in your game? Yeah, definitely did. You know, because I wasn't, I wasn't, I was kind of gun shy that fight. You know, I didn't let my hands go. You know, respect Rashidi because he did what he had to do. He was a better man that night. And yeah, you know, I carry that in the back of my mind all the time. You know, I don't, I don't like to lose, and I'm gonna go in there and just, you know, win. Period. You know, it doesn't matter if it's a stoppage, if the if the knockout presents itself, and I'm gonna take full advantage of it. You had the th- you've had the three knockouts since uh, the fight with Ellis. It, I know there's an old adage: you learn a lot more in the losses than than you do in the wins. I mean, it, have you learned one a lot more in those uh, that one loss and the 19 wins combined? I mean, yeah, I mean, you pick up here and there from the wins. Don't get me wrong. You, you have to see what you do physically. But uh, with the losses, I feel like it's the more of the mental side right there because it definitely does hurt you as a fighter and as, you know, as anyone. Any, no one likes to take losses in this. But with losses, with failures, there's growth, you know, and I feel like I've definitely grown from that fight. And, and in that fight, obviously, you only lost by a couple points on the scorecards. You, have you said yourself, and you know, now being with 20 fights, being a nice round number, have you said yourself, you know, I'm a couple rounds away from being 20 and 0? Well, can you repeat that again? So I'm 20. I, I, I said, uh, you, only, you, only, you lost by a couple rounds in that fight. Uh, uh-huh. you, have you said yourself, you know, now we can say it's a nice round number 20. Have you said yourself, you know what, I'm a couple rounds away from being 20 and 0? I mean, no, like, like the past is the past, you know, it is what it is. You know, you learn from it and you just got to move forward. You know, I'm 19 and one. I look at that loss as a learning experience, a big learning experience, but still there on my record. Uh, I don't like it, but it's just, you know, you have to come to, re- you have to come terms with reality. It's just how it is. Now let's uh, you said the pass the pass. Let's move forward for a couple questions. Uh, 19 and one, you're sitting in a nice spot now with three solid knockout uh, wins in, in a row. Uh, you feel you're knocking on the door for the next level, or you feel you're at the next level? I mean, uh, obviously, I don't know if they're going to reschedule Virgil and McKinson, but you know, if Golden Boy wants to uh, keep a, a nice in-house fight, they 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 have a they have a solid guy in Alexis Rocha, who I'm sure is ready to step up and take on Virgil Ortiz. Is, is that what your mindset is? I mean, if it makes sense, I, I don't see myself fighting Virgil the very next fight. You know, but you never know. Like, his career is going one way. My career is going the other way. You know, in the future, you know, if it makes sense, and it makes sense. But uh, as of right now, we're not really looking at Virgil. And I know they're not looking at me because, like I said, we both know our careers are going different directions. But, you know, you never know in this sport. Well, I think both your careers are going up. So maybe. maybe yeah. <laughs> but maybe no, I'm saying, like, in directions, like, he's going one route to, like, another title. I'm going for another sanctioning body for another title. So, so if not a guy like him, uh, without maybe calling anyone out, or there are some guys that you feel that you have to beat, you know, anyone in particular, or any two or three in particular. You know, there's there's so many names out there. You know, there's you got the the Danny Garcias, the Kel Brooks. I feel like I'm knocking on that door to fight a world a world title contender like that to test myself. You know, to put myself in that elevated career, to elevate my career. 
So, so like a real veteran name is what you're looking for next. Yeah, definitely. Last couple of questions. Where, where the fans yeah. uh, find you on social media? On social media, man, on social media, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Alexis Rocha 777. And last question, what do you want to say to the fans out there before we see you next, uh, I would assume, in a big fight? Hopefully, yeah. you know, like you say, against whether it's one of those former world champions, but but, but a guy, uh, a veteran guy who's going to help you take it to the next level. Yeah, I just want to say to my fans, I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for all the support. You know, I put my, I put really fighters put their health on the line, but at the end of the day, when you're declared the winner and all the fans are screaming your name and want to take pictures with you, that means the world to me, you know, and I'm just very grateful for that. We thank you for a few minutes of your time, Alexis. We uh, wish you best luck and we'll talk to you along the way. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate you for having me on the show. Thank Thank you. you. And there you have it, Alexis Rocha joining us. Uh, you know, he uh, you give a guy like him credit. A lot of guys, they, they lose tough fights, and they, they kind of maybe start sliding down a, a different pal, a different route. He uh, has taken it, and like you said, he like he said in the interview that he learned a lot in that fight, and he's got three straight knockouts. He's now nineteen and one, and he's a guy like you know. I don't know if it's going to be a Kel Brook or a Danny Garcia next. But he may get, you know, a guy similar uh, to that, and he gets by in that fight. He becomes he becomes a, an instant contender. I know the welterweight division, you know, a lot of stuff is kind of going to be settled. It's going to be probably down to two men after April 16th, whether it's the winner of Ugas and Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford. So, uh, but, you know, the, the, there needs to be some good, good young blood and some new faces in there. Why not Alexis Rocha? He's fought guys. Look at the records of the guys he's fought, including Blair Cobbs, who was undefeated. Uh, he, I think he beat a guy who was about 23-1 and one in, a, in a previous fight as well. So uh, be on the lookout for Alexis Rocha. Well, that's our show for this week. Um, next week, uh, we're going to have, again, another two or three big guests. We have a lot of big fights coming up uh, to break down. And we uh, try to get you know a couple boxing insiders on, some fighters on. As we continue to do these shows every week uh, uh, here at the Abrams Boxing Show, uh, like we said, next week we'll be breaking down Mayer against Jennifer, uh, Michaela Mayer and Jennifer Hahn, Erickson Lubin, Sebastian Fondora, and as well as um, <clears throat> Ryan Garcia and Emmanuel to go. I'm Mark Abrams. Thank you very much for watching, and we'll see you next week.